you got to build relationships knowing that what you need from that person, you might not get it today. But if you build a relationship, you build a repertoire, you make that person know that you genuinely care about them, whatever you need from them is going to come. It might take a year, two years, five years. But if you build relationships, as they say, your network is your net worth. Welcome to the Mindset Mastery Podcast. Joining me behind the mic is Federico Taveres, who I first met through Instagram following his account Wisdom Addicts, which is a community of book lovers and entrepreneurs looking to broaden their mind with new knowledge. I had the pleasure of appearing on his show, The Wisdom Addicts Podcast, and today he is returning the favor by sharing his wisdom with us. In this episode, we're going to be chatting about expanding your mind through reading and some books that have left an impact on us. Federico is an athlete and entrepreneur starting his own nonprofit in 2016 as a college student. The Aspirus Foundation uses soccer and education as a tool to aid disadvantaged soccer clubs in Latin America. He is also the founder and managing director of the Reaching Dreams Agency, a digital marketing and consulting agency, which we are going to chat about over the course of this episode. Federico, thank you so much for coming on the show today. How are you doing? Hello, Rachel. Thank you very much for that kind intro. I appreciate, first of all, getting to know you through Instagram and uh, just the fact that you replied to my crazy request of inviting <laughs> to to the Wisdomatics podcast. So I'm doing great. I know it's, it's plain morning in Australia and it's plain night here. So it's just great to connect with you as always. Absolutely. And yeah, we had such a great time chatting on your show. It's so cool that we can talk on different sides of the world. And yeah, I just want to get to know you a little bit better after I told you my life story over on your show, which I'm going to chuck in the show notes below for anyone who'd love to listen to more of our conversations. So just to start with, if you could just give me an overview of what you're all about. Of course. Well, I think you pretty much define me. I am an athlete. I am an entrepreneur, but most of my, my life I've been defined and just guided by soccer, by the sport, by education, and just trying to use my leadership skills for the best. Like when I was in the fifth grade, I wanted to be obviously just as any kid wanted to be they wanted to make others laugh they wanted to do childish things I always wanted to be a leader and it reflected upon what I try to be as an athlete what I try to be as a person how basically I portrayed myself to the word to the world and with soccer just like any kid I had the dream of going to college and becoming a professional soccer player but I got an injury I didn't have the right guidance and Instead of using that as an excuse, I used that as I would say just an opportunity to do what a lot of people don't like to do is that they like to dwell on the result and not take matters into their own hands. So Mm -hmm. I would describe myself just as someone that has taken their passion, my passion for sports, my passion for education, my passion for building businesses, for helping startups grow and just found a way to make it practical in the fact that I can enjoy my passion, but also just as the name of the Wisdomatics podcast, just make sure that my passion, I have a way to turn it into my life's purpose. That's awesome. 
And I think it's fantastic that you, like you said, you, instead of using it as an excuse, you use that as an opportunity. So you started your not-for-profit as a college student. I'd love to know what was it that led you to do that and how did you get the idea for starting that? I think that all of us, we, it always comes through our mind one moment or another, or at least it happens here a lot in the Dominican Republic, that we see poverty very closely. We grow up seeing people that due to their upbringing, they have a disadvantage. And for me, it happened a lot with soccer, that me being from a middle-class family, being able to have provided soccer gear, being able to be part of established soccer club. When I was 15 years old, I was called up to the Dominican Republic U17 national team. And that moment or those months that I was there, I got to interact with kids from my same age that just because they didn't have the upbringing I had in terms of education, in terms of sports, in terms of family support and values, they did not have the same present and possible future as I had. So for me at that moment, when I was 15, I always knew I wanted to do something. I knew I wanted to give back, but it really happened in college, just as a divine sign of the universe that I was part of a student organization. They asked us for volunteer activities. And I was like, hey, I think we should do a, a clothing drive of soccer gear to the Dominican Republic. And people like the idea. What well, today is one of my best friends and, and partner in the nonprofit, Brandon Bai. He decided to help me, decided to help me get gear. And that's just how it started. How it established itself, which is really the hardest part of a business, not starting it, but running it and growing it, was just when I saw that if I really wanted to make an impact in terms of when I was 15 years old, I saw kids with way more talent than I had, but just not enough resources. So that's really when I pull out my pen and paper and I was like, okay, what can we do to make sure that all these kids that are coming up, regardless of their social status, they can use soccer for not only with the vision of becoming a professional soccer player, but becoming good and wholesome human beings. Yeah, absolutely. I think the impact of that sport, having that really positive environment to grow in, whether it is to go professional or just to have an anchor um, and a place to grow and learn and um, other people around is so important to young kids. Can you tell me a bit more about what ways does the Asparis Foundation help to impact these kids with their soccer? Of course. Well, at first, just as any business, you have to find your first service, you have to find one thing that you can be good at. And we basically saw the main deficiency, the main necessity, which was just gear. Like a lot of clubs and kids don't practice the sport just because they don't have cleats. They don't have uniforms. They don't have enough soccer balls. So what we did is we established a chain of just of like people and like soccer clubs, universities and individuals from the United States and different schools and clubs in the Dominican Republic that were willing to donate this used gear or this basically new unused gear, give it to us. And in the last five years, we've distributed over 15,000 articles of soccer gear through Venezuela, through Haiti and to the Dominican Republic. So that's one of the main things that we do. We supply the basic necessity of gear, playing uh, mostly soccer balls. But what we also do is we 
help organize events, one day camps, tournaments, clinics. We work with education. We have seminars, we have online courses dedicated to coaches, dedicated to players, dedicated to just the overall soccer community in terms of basic soccer fundamentals, sports psychology. The other thing that we do is we help, aside of helping kids graduate from college, from school, we help them create a path where they can get to college because it's not the same becoming a professional soccer player than becoming a student athlete, <clears throat> mostly in either the local Dominican universities or universities in the United States. We also work a lot with, so with inclusion. We work with different organizations that say organizations that work with people with physical disabilities, Down syndrome, autism, and we help them establish either soccer programs or just overall sporting programs where their members can use sports as a way to abide by a healthy lifestyle. And aside of that, it's just making sure that we are an institution that maybe we don't have a thousand soccer balls to give to everyone. Maybe we, we cannot always provide, but we can connect people. We can connect resources and just make sure that, as I said before, any kid, regardless of their social status, they can have the opportunity to enjoy the sport. That is such a fantastic way to service your community. That's so awesome to hear. What have you learned through this experience and building your first business I think that every business should run itself partly like a nonprofit, just because a lot of times we are focused on the cost and the price of our product and just selling and selling, but we forget about the humane aspect. We forget about who we're trying to impact, what we're trying to impact, and what long-term effect we're trying to have. So starting this as my first official business, it obviously made me a very keen salesman because it's not the same selling a product than when you're selling a vision and when you're selling something that you're not going to have something in return. You are donating your time, your money, or your resources towards someone else. So it really helped me obviously preparing endless sales pitch, sales letters, presentations, going out to people, asking for monetary donations just because we needed these funds to run an event, to run a program. It taught me a lot about the importance of your network, that you got to build relationships, knowing that what you need from that person, you might not get it today. But if you build a relationship, you build a repertoire, you make that person know that you genuinely care about them, whatever you need from them is going to come. It might take a year, two years, five years, but if you build relationships, as they say, your network is your net worth. So many people that I don't think if it wasn't through building a nonprofit, I was ever going to meet CEOs, presidents, people, marketing directors, just people that for me going into a conversation, this is the last thing I learned is that when you become genuine, when you walk in life, trying to be authentic that's when you really connect with people. When you only connect with people, and this is obviously the lessons I've taken to my other businesses, like the marketing agency, is if you don't know how to connect with people, if you don't know how to build repertoire, and if you don't show genuine intentions, you're always gonna struggle. So I would say those have been the main lessons that I have learned, and I try to abide my day-to-day -day by. I really love that point there. I really wanna 
reinforce that your network is your net worth. And I find personally, it's been the relationships that I've built that the most opportunities have come from. And you, like you said, going through life, being authentic and genuine, and it's going to get you so much further than going into situations with an agenda just to try and, and get what you want. So I think that's a really awesome takeaway. So moving forward into starting your next business, Reaching Dreams Agency. Tell me about that and what led you to start another business? When I graduated from college back in 2017 and I came back and I had a couple job offers. I started working with a company, but six months in, I was seeing how the nonprofit was growing. And obviously it was growing in terms of not money, but it was just growing in terms of you planting a seed and watching it grow. And I just knew that I had to dedicate myself to my businesses. I know that I, I had to put my time into things that I could control the growth of. I didn't feel that, that I had a job, but 60% of my time, I was thinking about my business. I was trying to do things to grow my business. I wasn't looking to give my 100% of my job. And that's something that at the moment, when I did get fired from this job, I didn't understand. But what I learned was, okay, if I want to be an entrepreneur, I cannot be a half-assed entrepreneur. I have to go full in. And at the time, one of my friends, one of my longtime friends, the one that also started and helped us start the nonprofit organization, he had always, because we would come into his office, hang out, play soccer. We were like really best friends. And I remember one day he was still working with his parents, just like me, working at a company that I wasn't really enjoy what I was doing. And he would tell me like, hey man, one day I really want to start like a marketing agency. And I didn't really pay attention because I really had no idea even what a marketing agency was. But one day we, we were here at the office and we're like, man, if we quit our jobs, I know we're going to find something to do. That's going to make us a goalkeeper. I had always um, been interested in going back to being a goalkeeper coach, which is something that I used to do in high school. And I was like, I know I can start a goalkeeper academy. I know that through our contacts and even through our own startups, we could start practicing our marketing agency services. Like I was really good at copywriting, email marketing. My, my friend learned to do our graphic design, a little bit of video editing. And we were like, okay, May, 2019, I was like, in August, I'm going to, I'm going to quit this job. I quit my job and sorry. And I have to say that after I got fired from my first job. I also had another job at the same time, which I was like, basically like a marketing director of a soccer complex, which for me was great because I did something I love. But then again, my heart and like my why was not behind it. It was just behind building my business, building the vision and knowing that every day I was planting a seed that I can control its growth. So that's how we started August, 2019. And it was funny because our first two clients, it was a soccer glove brand that we got the official distribution of it. And the owner of the brand here, he was like, Hey, I have these two brands. I can pay you a hundred dollars for every brand. So you can manage the, the marketing at like the social media. And we were like, yo, let's do it. And that's really how Reaching Dreams Agency started. 
That's awesome. I want to touch on the why, because the why is something that we love to talk about on this show. Do you think having a really solid why behind running a business or really doing anything in life is really important to be successful? Just when I was starting, so I started the, the nonprofit August 2016. It was basically started March, but like we made it official in August. And that semester of college, I was I was I did a study abroad semester starting in August in the Netherlands. So as you can imagine, being in another country, being alone a lot of the time, I really started digging into personal development. Like before I would read a ton of biographies, but when you're alone and you're in another country, that's really when you have a lot of time for yourself. Like I would do a lot of traveling either by airplane or by bus. And I'm telling you like eight hour buses, six hour buses. And I would start to listen a lot to like podcasts and just audio. And I tapped and I got to know about Simon Sinek, the author and public speaker. And for me, he's a, he's an Avenger. He's, he's a superhero because he has this very famous um, video, 11 minute video on YouTube, where he talks about the golden circle, which I don't know if you've heard about that, but the golden circle is basically, it defines your why, your how, and your what. And he said one sentence that really stuck with me. He said, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And he uses the example of Apple. Apple is Apple because their why has always been bigger than their what. Their computers, their Macintosh, their iPhones, their iPods have never been as good as their newest edition. But their why has been so strong that it's the main reason it has grown to become the brand. So for me, really, the why is just what helps you wake up in the morning without having to doubt yourself. It's really what helps you see what cannot be seen at the moment. It's really what makes you stand up after you've been denied, after you have had doors closed on you. Like if you don't have a why, and it's really what I've learned, like all the businesses I have today, I still run them. And I still see potential and growth because the why is present. The moment I get a new client for the agency, for example, and if it's not a client that me and my team is aligned with their goals, with their values, I don't like working with them because it just creates an aura and an energy around the work that we do. That is, if it's not aligned with their why, it can be a $5,000 a month client. But if it's not aligned with their why, I don't like it just because it's not where I want to go. And that's really what I've emphasized. And I'll tell you what, 2016, 17, 18, even 19, were hard because I did not see the things I am seeing today. But the why always helped me know in my heart that we were going in the right direction. Fantastic answer. And if you haven't seen that video by Simon Sinek, jump on YouTube to search for Simon Sinek. And it's probably going to be the first one that pops up. It's a fantastic video about the golden circle. So for your business, you say you don't want to work with clients that don't align with your why and your vision. And I think that's the same as me running 
my business, you got to have the right vibe with a client, I would say, and really be on the same level. So for your business, what is your why when you're deciding to work with a client? What do you want to have them, you know, line up with you so that you can get the result that you're looking for? So what really happened and, and that's when I really understood was that when it was just me and my partner, when we started, we were just two. It's not that we really took any client, but really all the clients that we had at the moment were either artists or related to the music industry or soccer related. So me and my, my partner, we loved it because it was totally aligned with the things that we believed in. But when we started hiring people and now we today we are a six person team. But when we were growing to three people, four people, what we would see is that if the client that we had, it's not that our members liked it or not, because I can be working with a pizza store. I may hate pizza, but if I vibe with the vision, with the work ethic, and with, let's say in terms of marketing, the content the company is creating, I love working with that client because they are putting their part and I am putting their part. So really what I don't like is when we have clients that they hire us and they think we're here to supplement what they don't want to do. I really like having clients that they know we are a complement of their work. We are here to help them get to where they want to get. But if they don't know where they want to get and they're not willing to do it, for example, if you have a client that is not willing to sell themselves, to really give pristine customer service, to really do things out of the box. It doesn't matter how many good ideas we propose. So really that's for me, making sure that we vibe with their why and then with their how and their what. But if we don't vibe with their why and they, don't, they are not aware and they don't believe blindly in their why, then getting to the how and the what, it's hard. And it's, it's sad, obviously, because as a business, you need to make money. But I think that in the, at least what we do a lot of, which is marketing, which is consulting, which is working primarily with startups, if the why is not present, Rachel, it's, it, it usually doesn't turn out. It really doesn't because we have clients that tell us things at the beginning and they fill out the questionnaire. But then when we see their actions in the day to day, oh, red flag. It's been hard because at the beginning we would jump feet deep into the client. And then when we're two months in, we're like, wow, this is causing stress. This is causing anxiety. We are not getting the, the proposed results. So it's just been a, a work of experience, getting to know what clients we want, what type of client we want to look for. And then obviously, most importantly, making sure that the clients that we currently have, we are giving the best customer service because their reference is usually going to bring us the type of client that we want. Yeah, definitely. And awesome advice there. If you look at the, it, looking at the long game, Obviously, as a startup, you probably want to get as many clients as possible, but then looking at what's the, the relationship like that going to be? What is the potential like stress or, you know, if you're not melding together, then it might be worse off in the long run than waiting for that client that is really going to meld with you and your business and just be a dream to work with. Yes, indeed. For yourself, and we're talking a little bit about personal development on your really long bus and plane rides. 
Now, what kind of role does personal development have in your life? Like how much time do you spend every week or every month on personal development as opposed to doing the work in your business? Okay, that's a great question. Just because, and I was just interviewing a friend last week on the Wisdomatics podcast and I asked him a similar question. And what I've learned that it's not about quantity, it's about quality. Because mm. there's times I read books that I just read them, but a lot of the things there, if I'm if my mind is not willing to bring them in and to really apply the knowledge learned, it's worthless. So for me, what I try is just to be objective and realistic. For example, I just read the John D. Rockefeller biography, which was a 660-page book or something like that. And there were days I would read 50 pages but there were days I would read two pages, but there were days, there were a week, five, four days, I wouldn't read one thing. But instead of just saying, okay, that's the only thing in terms of personal development I'm doing, no, I'm listening to podcasts. I am trying to obviously stay healthy in terms of drinking water, in terms of exercising. I am trying to make sure that I am investing myself, not on the business, but in the business. Like I am working constantly in helping our collaborators do a better job. I am reaching out to our clients. So for me, I've shifted now that I have people working with the company and my other companies that personal development really comes when you put it into action. That's when you really know how good your personal development is because yes, I have read hundreds of books. I cannot lie to you with that. I love reading. I, if, if I could read five hours a day, I would do it. But I just think that right now my mind is in more of a learn and apply aspect of, hey, yes, I have to be consuming content. I have to be educating myself. But what I do is just, I try to be consistent. If it's one page a day, if it's five minutes, five minutes of a podcast a day, I try to do that. What I also try to do, um, Rachel, which is something that a lot of people don't understand is just have mentors, not mentors, like someone that every week you talk with them and you tell them everything you're doing, but it can be your mom, it could be your dad, it can be a business partner, but just make sure you're close to people that whenever you talk to them, you are intrigued in talking to them, that you can tell them one issue or one thing. I'll, I'll separate this. If you have an issue and you need help, you have to make sure you have people that you can reach out to and you know that they're going to give you their advice. Because most of the time, in my position, I mentor a lot of people. A lot of people reach out to me and it can be to tell me the good, tell me the bad. And also what you got to have is people you can reach out when good things happen to you. And for me, that is huge in terms of personal development because sometimes we take it all in. And yes, I know you have to take things in and don't celebrate before it happens, but you got to have people close to you that when something good happens, you can reach out to them and you know that they are going to genuinely be happy for you. And those people that you reach out with the good things, they're are, they are going to reach out to you with the good things. They're going to reach out to the bad things. So yes, that for me would be more today, 2022 Federico. That's how I am defining my personal development. Some really great points there. 
And you know, the first one you talked about is applying it. I think application of what you learn is far more important than, you know, you can read 50 books and apply nothing. But if you take one thing from one book and apply it, you're gonna get so much further by doing that. The second thing that I loved there, you talked about with your mentors, having someone you can reach out to when the good things happen. And that's not, not something I think we, we've talked about on the show before. It's, we've talked about having mentors and having people that are already in the position that you want to get to, but having people in your network that are going to be there to help you celebrate, I think that's equally as important. So thank you for sharing those things. Of course, I talk from experience. I love to absorb wisdom and knowledge, but when I talk, I try to talk more in, in your podcast. I try to talk from experience because experience really is the best teacher. Absolutely. So talking about books, we first connected through your Wisdom Addicts account on Instagram. So why did you um, start that account in the first place? It was 2017. I was a senior in college. I already started the idea of the nonprofit. I was looking for what I was going to do with my life, what job I was going to get. And at the time, I really started just reading more, I would say, watching more documentaries and reading, you know, just trying to put more positive things into my brain. And me and one of my one of my really good friends, we had been the same route of just reading a lot of books, talking a lot about what we read in books, how it was impacting us. So we were like, hey man, we should really start a community of book lovers and people looking to grow. And that's really how we started Wisdom Addicts back in 2017. Um, up till 2021, probably, I had used it more as like of a personal blog, like sharing sharing books, uh, reposting content, sharing quotes that I found. But when I started escalating my businesses, my marketing agency, my goalkeeper academy, um, the nonprofit, I really started understanding the role I had in the lives of people terms of people really reached out to me to ask me for book recommendations. They reached out to me to just ask for advice. And I was like, wow, I really think Wisdomatics is for me that platform where I can send newsletters, where I can talk about uh, books, where I can just give advice that I find right for people in a similar journey that I am. And the, the term of the podcast, it came out very naturally just because it was something I really wanted to do. But again, it just really took me that moment where I woke up that day. I talked to our graphic designer. I'm like, brother, help us with a cover and I'll, I'll get recording. So really what really motivated me, but again, my why, the moment I understood how powerful my why was, that's really when I said, okay, I got to start this not because I want to, but I just know that there is something bigger than myself that I can do with Wisdomatics. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, just reinforcing that why, that strong why that kind of just pulls you in that direction, doesn't it? Yes, yes. And it's hard. It's hard because hey, I'm 27 years old. Before I was, I was looking to jump into anything that I could put my hands on. But now I am more of, okay, do I really have to do this? Am I really aligned with this? Do I see myself doing this in the next two, three years? And those are usually the questions I ask myself now, because I, I don't say my time is limited. 
I just say that I like to limit my time to the things I know that are going to help me to keep evolving in life. I love those reflective questions that you ask yourself as well. Really ask yourself, does it align with you? And I think any opportunities that we might get, we could be really quick to jump into it because it sounds awesome in the moment. But just taking those few moments to reflect whether this is really going to be something that you want to pursue in the long run. Does it align with you? And do you see yourself doing it in a few years? I think that's really awesome reflective questions. Yes, that's really also one of the things that personal development has taught me is to really listen to myself, to really know that if it, even if it's through journaling or talking to myself in the mirror or just going for a walk, just make sure you have a direct channel between you and your thoughts. Don't think that your thoughts are something separate from you. Like you got to listen to yourself. You got to really think what's best for you because they say, oh, yeah, if you think about yourself, you're being egotistical, you're not thinking about others. But what I say is, if I am not in my optimal state, how can you expect me to bring optimal results to the things I do? I completely agree with that statement. You need to fill your own cup before you can fill anyone else's. Yes, indeed. Do you have any books or podcasts or anything that has really stuck with you that you'd like to share that you come back to again and again? I would say, first of all, the first book you have to read or that I read back when I started my first business was How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. I just think that when you are on your entrepreneurial or your professional journey, you have to adapt your mindset. You have to put yourself in a mindset of learning because you don't have access to Bill Gates. You don't have access to Elon Musk. You don't have access to the big boys or the big, or the big girls in the industry, but you have access to their books. So for me, How to Win Friends and Influence People is like the epicenter of it because it really teaches you the importance of relating to people of building relationships. As I told you earlier, your network is your net worth. So that's really the main book. And then biographies. That's really what I'm and just looking back now at my, my small library, I have Nelson Mandela, Elon Musk, Phil Knight. I have endless biographies just because when I started my first business, reading those biographies helped me dream, helped me see something. It helped me relate to, wow, look at Phil Knight, the founder of Nike now multi-billionaire. Nike is a worldwide industry, but I necessarily cannot relate to him now, but I can relate with him in the 70s when he was putting every dollar and every ounce of sweat, ounce of sweat into his business. I, cr I can relate to that. So that's really what, what I would recommend. I would also say that if you're looking to grow in any industry, yes, read biographies, of let's say if you're trying to grow a marketing agency, read books, watch documentaries of, on people that have succeeded with growing their businesses and in the industry you want to grow in, but also read about the technical aspect. And I'm not saying you become good at everything, but you got to know about everything. You got to know a little bit about everything because in my experience, and it what really helped me go from a freelancer or, or from an entrepreneur to a businessman was how well I applied the how to win friends and influence people concepts, but just how I could 
teach and delegate things. So for my end, I don't know how to use Photoshop and Illustrator and Premiere and all these software apps, but I do know how to let my graphic designer or my video editor edit things so our client can like the end product. I learned how to make sure that my graphic designer and my video editor had all the tools necessary in terms of softwares, apps, even the right chair, even the right Wi-Fi, just so he can do his job. So for me, it's really been a lot about the inspirational part, motivation, um, reading biographies, but also the technical aspect and making sure that if you're, I don't know, just like you, if you're a video editor, if you're a content editor, make sure you become as good as you can in what you do, because that'll be the only way that you'll say, okay, look, I'm really good at this and I want to grow my business. So what do I have to do? I have to hire someone to do what I do so that I can focus on other things like bringing clients in. But if you don't know how to teach it, what's that going to affect in the end? It's going to affect your job because you're going to hire someone to represent your company. But if that person, you did not teach them right, or they did not possess the right skills, at the end of the day, it's going to be impossible to scale your business. And you're going to end up doing the same thing that you're doing over and over with really no way of growing because you're only focused on one thing, but you really cannot scale if you don't know how to delegate and how to win friends and influence people. Uh, That's awesome advice. And I love that your answer was how to win friends and influence people because that was going to be the one that I put forward as one that really has influenced me. We have a lot of the same taste in books. And recently I did read Phil Knight's biography and I really resonated with that as well. And I've read so many biographies in the last year when I used to only read business books. But I find you can learn so much from other people's experiences when they're going through similar things and even things that you might never experience, but you can learn from them going through that experience. So We did not talk about this before the show, and I love that we came up with basically the same answers to that question. Yes, no, indeed. Before, I would a couple of years ago, I would have told you probably a different book, but the more I grow as a person, as a businessman, the more I put myself in a position where I'm trying to enjoy every step of the process I really understand the importance of dealing with people because if you don't know how to deal with people if you don't know how to listen if you don't know how to communicate if you don't know how to be a leader basically you are you're in a very hard position and I know people you do people that are very technical in what they do then they are the best but they don't know how to talk they don't know how to send the right email and they don't want to put their, themselves in the position of uncertainty. And that's something I, I listened to in a podcast the other day is that whoever is trying to strive for greatness, aside of every technical and everything they know, they need to have one thing and that's courage. And courage is literally, and, and this happened to me, I'll tell you an anecdote on Sunday, I was in this event and I saw this girl that she was trying to promote the services of her company she had like a stand 
there at the event. It was a soccer uh, game, and it, it they were like health products and wellness products, totally aligned with the people there. And half an hour before, I had just met a parent, and the parent was telling me how they lived in the area, how their kid plays soccer. And when this girl, she was, she didn't come up to me, but she was like, "Oh yeah, I put the stand here." And I'm like, "Okay, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to reach out to people, like go and talk?" And she's, "Yeah." I'm like, "Look, I'll give you an edge." There's that family over there that their kid is playing and they tell me that they live in the area of the city and I think that can be a potential client. But Rachel, she ended up selling like three of, their, of her products, but it wasn't me that went out and talked to, to them. She went and talked to the family and when I, after she was done and she got their contact, she sold them the product. In my mind, I was just like, how do we friends and influence people? If she would have not had the courage to go out and talk to them, it wouldn't have mattered if I would have given her a list of 20 leads to go out and reach out to. If she wouldn't have had the courage to do it, nothing would have happened. Yeah, that's an awesome story. I think that is one really important part is like just having the courage to go for it. Just go for it. And, you know, something that I've asked myself in the past when I've been apprehensive about doing something new or reaching out to someone, what is the worst thing that could actually happen? And normally I can't come up with a good enough answer. What is the worst case scenario? So you just got to have that courage and go for it. And I think it's something that gets easier as time goes on. When you push yourself out of your comfort zone, grab that courage and go for something. The next thing that comes up that you're afraid to do, it gets a little easier. Without a doubt, without a doubt, you gotta always be willing to create momentum and maintain the momentum. Yeah, absolutely. So to bring us all together, the final question, just to wrap up our talk on mindset do you have one piece of advice that you'd like to leave us with for the namesake of the show, becoming the master of your own mindset? That is a great question. If I would have one piece of advice is adapt an attitude of gratitude. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that, but I'll repeat it. Adapt an attitude of gratitude. Just because uncertainty is certain. <laughs> There's always going to be uncertainty and more if you are someone trying to grow your business, trying to work on your personal development, trying to strive for the unknown, uncertainty is always going to be there. So really what has helped me adapt, I would say almost an unbreakable mindset or like a really strong mindset is knowing that when I wake up, I can either be scared about the things I have not done or I can be grateful about the things that I have and the things that are coming up. For example, I'll give you an example. I wake up and let's say I have to turn in, I have to turn in a project for a client. I have a meeting and I have to, I have payroll to prepare, for example. So our accountant can pay, but we got to make sure that the money's there, for example, in the account. So I can either wake up and be like, oh my God, I haven't finished this project. Oh my God, I have this meeting with this client oh my God, I have to look for money to pay for payroll. Those are three things that I haven't even brushed my teeth or drank water, but I am already stressing out. But if I say, okay, I have to turn in this project. Wow, I am grateful that I have a client that I am working with and he trusts me with 
the things that I do. I have a meeting with someone that is believing in me to work with him or offer him a piece of advice. And I have to make payroll, but I don't mind asking my friend or my even my parents for money to make payroll. Because why do I have payroll? Because I have a group of people that are committed to help me build this company that they are part of. So I gave you that example just because I didn't want to bullshit too much on just the mindset without having a realistic way for you to approach it. So obviously, gratitude and this mindset that I have always comes because I have developed habits of knowing, okay, I cannot be grateful if I know I'm not waking up early, if I know I'm not eating right. But if you adapt your actions to your vision and to where you want to get, you're good, and you wake up with an attitude of gratitude towards things, I just think that shifts your mindset. And that really makes your mindset align with what you're doing. Because I, I, I know people uh, from like my age, my generation that are building businesses as well. Whenever I talk to them, they're stressing out about the things that have gone wrong, but, or the things that they haven't done. But one thing that has taught me stoicism primarily is that don't stress out about the things you can control. Work on the things you can control and abide by that. But if something happened that was out of your control, great. But if something did happen that was in your control, don't stress yourself out. Just make sure you know what you have to do so that doesn't happen again. So that would be my two cents basically on, on mindset. Mm, I love that. Adopt an attitude of gratitude and reframing those things that could let them stress you out or you can focus on that you have all these awesome opportunities. So I really love that. Thank you for sharing that example. Federico, if people want to find out more about you, either become part of the Wisdom Addicts community or find out more about the businesses that you run, where can they go? Of course, they can reach out to my personal Instagram. They can look us up on social media. Yeah, for agency and our nonprofit, we have our, our websites. But I would say reach out to follow Wisdom Addicts just because it's really... I don't, I'm still not very big on my personal brand. I think I still have a lot to do before I really go big on my personal brand. Or as I like to say it, I like for my businesses to build my personal brand. So maybe my profile is not really that attractive or, or appealing, but I do use Wisdomatics as that channel where I really share the wisdom that I have learned. And I think that people just like you and I, Rachel, which, which was the main reason that we connected was through Wisdomatics. So I would highly suggest people to follow us, subscribe to our newsletter and just reach out because that's what I love. I love knowing about people that have similar stories like we do. And if there's any way that I can help business-wise, mindset-wise, spirit-wise, and I love doing that. Even if it's like you and I, that we are in different parts of the globe, but we are still connecting. Absolutely. And it's awesome that we can have this opportunity to connect on different sides of the world. We can chat through Instagram. You can meet some awesome people on social channels and podcasts. It's one of the best things about doing what we do. I'm going to chuck some links down in the show notes below so people can connect with you. And you can also check out that conversation that we had over on your show, which I highly recommend listening to as well. So Federico, it's been awesome to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming and chatting to us. As always, 
I thank you for, for coming first into the Wisdom Addicts podcast and just knowing that I have a friend all over the world and I like seeing what you're doing with your business. I like seeing how you're doing with your podcast. And again, thank you very much for the opportunity. And I hope that the things learned and talked about here can help anyone who listens to it in, in their own journey. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing everything. And I can't wait to see how you're going in the future with your businesses and of course, sticking around for Wisdom Addicts. So thanks again. Of course. Thank you, Rachel. Adopting an attitude of gratitude. What is something in your life that you might be worrying about that you can reframe into a statement of gratitude? The more often you can do this, the easier it will be to see the positive in all aspects of your life. If you'd like to connect with Federico, find out more about his businesses or podcasts, you can head to the show notes. If you've been enjoying the show, it would be awesome if you could take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app so more people like you can join us on this journey towards mindset mastery. I can't wait to do it all again with you next week. Until then, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.